Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been far too long. One of the regular guests, when we were doing a, a longer show, we had some of our regular guests on once a week. We don't get to do that as much. And I Miss my friends, one of my dearest friends from crooksandliars.com joins us. And let me just say this. We both are great lovers of baseball. And of course, we both are saddened that neither of our teams are doing anything right now. They've you know, been eliminated. Uh, I think it was about 10 days ago, I, I follow uh, a couple of really cool old school baseball accounts on Instagram. And they had a picture, she's a Philly, I'm a Yankee, but they had a picture of Mike Schmidt uh, with a fresh perm on the baseball in full glory. You know, those were the good old days. And now we have learned, uh, and it's been something, all these Hall of Famers in less than a month, uh, uh, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, and now another great Philly uh, from the glory days. Joe Morgan has passed away and um, just wanted to lift his name up. And Susie Madrick is here with us. She remembers all those guys. 
Uh, I'm sure they, they, they needed backup on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably needed a second baseman. Uh, Joe Morgan, 77 years old. And uh, he was another great one first with the Reds and then those great Philly teams, especially in 1980 when you won it all right, Susie. Oh yeah. Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Chug McGraw. That was, that was quite a year. That was the year. Did I tell you the story? My brother and I were downtown at the celebration and we pulled up next door next to the the Porsche with Pete Rose in it. <laughs> Have yeah. I ever asked you this? Do you think Pete should be in the hall? Well, is Donald Trump going to get a presidential library? It's a good question. If Donald Trump gets a presidential library, then Pete should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I like that's that. my position. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. Okay, Amy Coney Barrett. No, I'm sorry. First of all, first things first. Last time we talked, you were recovering from COVID, and I'm understanding that you are still recovering and still have some symptoms. Yeah, I have like flare-ups. You know, you you have all kinds of weird problems after having, not, not everybody, but a lot of people do have problems after having this, and I'm one of them. I get like uh uh, really high blood pressure spikes. I don't have high blood pressure. Mm. Um, what else? Weird histamine problems. Like a couple of times, my whole face and sinuses have swelled up like overnight. Uh, my tongue is usually swollen now. What else? Well, there's fatigue. The fatigue is not as bad as it was. That's getting better. I mean, it's been seven months. You know, it's got to get better sometime. Yeah. Um, what else? Shortness of breath, you know, that comes and goes. So, yeah. So but I'm not as bad as a lot of the people that I know that have it. So, I, you know, I feel lucky. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was your, what were your thoughts when Trump got it? Did, were you? I, I really wouldn't wish it on anybody. Mm. And he had pneumonia. Pneumonia is just horrible. Have you ever had it? Yes. You know, I mean, that you're just, yeah. you know, you're you're just trying to breathe. And it's so much work to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I also feel like he was asking for it. Yeah. That's you know? very... Uh, just stupid. <clears throat> that's very magnanimous of you, Susie. Everybody I know... Um, well, a lot of people I know would call me as a minister and ask me if it was a sin for them to wish Donald Trump dead from COVID. <laughs> See, I feel like it's more of a sin for me to wish that he stays alive so that we get to send him to prison. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, yeah, I'd, I'd rather he went to prison because if he dies now, it means he got away without any real punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick death is merciful, I guess. Um, So what are we dealing with with Amy Coney Barrett? Aren't we dealing with uh, the handmaid's tale incarnate? I I keep forgetting her real name. I keep calling her Amy COVID Barrett. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, because of the little super spreader event there. Yeah. Um, and her kids are at the hearing today with no masks on. And it was, I think it was 12 days after her, the, the little party in the Rose Garden, mm -hmm. that two teachers and two kids at her children's school tested positive. Mm. So e even if she's not a spreader, her, her kids aren't spreaders, she, they should all be wearing masks yeah. because yeah. of that. But, you know, they're conservatives. The, the rules don't apply, so. How old is she? She's pretty young, right? I think she's 48. Yeah. And she's the oldest, they say today, of, of seven children. You know, I was raised Catholic. I, I went to school, Catholic school for 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, I know the type of Catholic she is. And they're, they're what, you know, we always refer to as like the, the letter of the law Catholic as opposed to the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. You know, these people who belong to these, these sort of, they set themselves aside from mainstream Catholics because, because they're better. They're better people, you know? And I happen to think that you learn your spiritual lessons out in the world not by creating a little greenhouse and staying in it yeah. with people who think just like you. Yeah. Well, I, I thought you were going to say something about all the children. You know, I thought that in this day and age, people, I mean, just because you were Catholic didn't mean you had to have seven to 10 children. Well, in their group, you do. In yeah. their group, you're not supposed to use birth control. Right. So... You know, I don't know that she has any choice. I mean, it's kind of interesting because she was raised up by her family within this this community, right? Mm -hmm. And then she marries someone who's also in the community and is raising her children in the community. And, uh, you know, not to be snide, because I'm really not being snide. I'm just wondering at what point in her life did she really get to make any choices about anything? Right, right. And that makes me think that she's not going to be a good judge. Yeah. Well, and she's more than any other nominee we've seen recently. She has let it be known what her position is right up front on Roe v. Wade, hasn't she? Well, depends on when you ask her. Okay. <laughs> you know, she yeah, she's she's pretty much let it be known <clears throat> how she thinks. And, let, and let's be clear, there's no way in hell that Donald Trump would nominate her without getting some kind of commitment. Mm -hmm. He wants two commitments. He wants Roe v. Wade because that's what he promises his donors. And he wants to get rid of the ACA. Right. So all of a sudden the Democrats are the bad guys for, for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. There's a clip floating around. I don't have it. Um, I, I spent the morning looking for it, but I know it's not that old. Um, when Scalia died, she was on TV being interviewed and she said something about how it would be completely inappropriate for them to appoint somebody to replace Justice Scalia on the bench who did not share his judicial philosophy. But all of a sudden, it's perfectly OK to, to appoint somebody to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat who does not share her philosophy.
Yeah, yeah. And I keep hearing rumors that the you know the the big thing that they want to go after, which was something that only the nut jobs talked about before. Ha, are, have you ever heard of Lochner versus New York? Not familiar. No. Okay. Well, it, it's a pretty straight up decision, but the 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 whack jobs, you know, the the people like Scalia and so forth, um, basically interpreted to mean that the federal agencies do not have the right to write regulations. And this is the thing that was quoted that Trump appointed judge in Pennsylvania who went after the governor and said that he had no right to, to issue a mask mandate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was what he cited as his, his precedent. So now I don't know, I don't remember the exact case, but the Supreme Court has taken on a case having to do with Lochner for their next session. I see. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, if they do, if they try and pull that off, Joe Biden will have no alternative but to expand the courts. You mean pack the court, don't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You mean unpack the courts. Because that's what's been going on. I mean, remember, they, they blocked, what was it, like 122 judges under Obama? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He hardly got anybody appointed. Yeah, you know because they just told. And remember when Hillary Clinton was running and Mitch McConnell promised that she would not get a nominee ever. Yeah, on the court. That's so, right. you know, I don't really understand why people would believe them. When, well, well, let me put it this way: the journalists who were like trained seals, you know, and the Republicans throw a fish at them. Right. And they all start, ar, 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 you know, going for the fish. Oh, court packing, court packing. You know, they have this compulsion to try and make the Democrats and the Republicans equivalent. And they're just not. Not at all. The not Democrats, if anything, are too well behaved. Yeah. I, I thought Kamala answered. Well, she, she dealt with that question well at the debate you know, when the white man, when the flower on his head was demanding that the black woman answer a question while talking over the woman moderator. And she talked about how they, they've been the ones, I like this, Susie, I'm going to borrow that. We need to unpack. They've been the ones packing the damn court. What McConnell's on what over 200 judges, maybe 250 now that he's rammed down everybody's throat with lifetime appointments even the American Bar Association has said these people are unqualified. That's packing. We need to unpack the court. Yes, we do. Let's just say that it's a big bucket of really muddy water and we need to pour some clean water in there to, to dilute it. And it's, it's bad. It's really I mean, bad. let's, I mean, I don't want to, I don't like to be, pessimistic, especially in in this moment of this election. Um, But even if Joe Biden wins and we win the Senate, they've put people on this court for a lifetime that will be able to do things long after Joe Biden's gone. Um, Some of these people will still be able to do damage if I have grandchildren that are walking the earth, mm-hmm. that 
could actually supersede whomever we elect to the presidency or the Senate. I mean, that's what the judicial branch does sometimes. And the vast majority of these people have been appointed by people who lost the popular vote. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, their whole little speech about about how, oh, we have to, you know, we have to put somebody in the court now because President Trump was elected and it's the will of the people that he put somebody on the court. I don't think so. I think since since 2018, the, the will of the people has been pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, um, this is not good. Okay, I think, Susie, we may have found this clip you spoke of. Oh, okay. You should have been looking for it all morning. I think I just found it. So next time you need a clip, Susie, just call me. Okay. Here we go. Let's see if this works. Kennedy, you know, the, the arguments will be that that situation was distinguishable. Um, the nomination, the vacancy did not arise in the presidential election year. It arose the year before in June when, President, when uh, Justice Powell retired. And Justice Kennedy was nominated in November of the prior year. Moreover, he was nominated after Bork's nomination had failed and Ginsburg withdrew his nomination. So the, the wrangling for the spot, the conversation about the spot, the existence of the spot um, had been in play for a long time before that. Moreover, Kennedy is a moderate Republican and he replaced a moderate Republican, Powell. Um, we're talking about Justice Scalia, you know, the staunchest conservative on the court, and we're talking about him being replaced by someone who could dramatically flip the uh, balance of power on the court. It's not a lateral move. There it is. Isn't that special? Well, there it is. Well, there it is. <laughs> Isn't that special? She's very special. She's very special. You know, I was watching her during, during the hearing this morning. And honest to God, I'm really not making this up. She's got crazy eyes. Mm. Like, like Michelle Bachman. You know how Michelle mm -hmm. Bachman used to go... Yeah. You know, like she's got she's got those kind of eyes that make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> she's she's insane. It's completely insane. What, well, well, what would you have um Democrats do at this moment to try and is there anything they can do, you think, to thwart this nomination? Well, I think the ACA uh, thing that they're doing isn't a bad idea, but it's um, it's the execution. It's a little too tame. You know, I would be a lot more aggressive with it, like where they're showing up the pictures of the people that right. you know that would lose their health insurance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think it might be more interesting if they had, like, say, recordings of people who hadn't had their ACA and started screaming at Republicans or something. I, I don't know. I, I off the off the top of my head, I can't think of what I would do better, but I think I would have done that differently. I, th I think it was too much too like um, Republicans don't do pity. You know, they're not going to feel sorry for these people. They don't care if they were cops, maybe or the wives of cops. But but other than that, they don't care. Republicans don't do anything. Uh, Susie, frankly, they don't do anything that's human. But is there something procedural you think Democrats should do? Well, somebody has, has already said that he will not give them a quorum for the vote. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens then, huh? What happens if he doesn't give him a quorum? What happens then? I don't think that they can vote on her. 
It depends on how many they have. Again, it depends on how many. I, it, it looks like they're going to crawl in whether they're sick or not. Mm -hmm. So I guess they can't do that. But I, I think for the main the main vote, I guess, not the Judiciary Committee. Right. Um, if enough the Democrats walk out, they won't, maybe they won't have a quorum. I don't really know. I haven't counted the numbers. I don't know the numbers. Okay. Okay. But um, I, I think they're fighting. They're, you know, they're fighting hard. It's, it doesn't come naturally to Democrats to do this anymore. I mean, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, they did, but not now they're <laughs> out of practice. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think that they're, they're going to do it. They know, look, they have, they have people on their side. You know, they have the momentum. The Republicans don't have any momentum. That's why they're jamming this through. The majority of the American people polled say that this nomination should not be happening right now. So you're right. I think the last numbers I saw were like 57%, I think, of Americans yeah. said yeah. no to this. Something like that, yeah. Susie, dare I guess you tweeted... Um, well, first of all, Marsha Black, Marsha, 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 go back to doing PR for the local mall. It's your wheelhouse. <laughs> um, well, it is her, it is her gift. PR is her gift. Do I know who this is? You tweeted, he was a Democrat who went to Oxford. John Kennedy. The all shucks routine <laughs> gets old. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, whenever he's on TV, he's like, well, I'm telling you back when I was sitting on the back porch and I was carving me a stick and my grandfather said to me, you know, like, come on, we know that's not your life. You know, we, we know that you don't really talk like that. You're talking that way for an audience. Yeah. I just get annoyed that people fall for it. Yeah. And they, they keep collecting them. So they they want to and they you know, those that support him, they're still longing for that good old boy stuff. So, and that good old boy culture. So, election is around the corner. Mm -hmm. Your state, Pennsylvania, is absolutely critical. What, what are you hearing? What are you saying? What's your analysis? I don't think Trump has a chance in hell of winning here. I wouldn't have said this like six weeks ago. Mm. But I do now. I mean, the the Trump people, the people with the, you know, the, the flags and the signs and all that are few and far between. Um, I have too many people telling me stories about people in their family who turned from Trump and they're going to they're voting for Biden. You know, I think people have had a real change of heart, which is which is nice. Um when my father, I, I don't know if I told you this story, when my father was dying of pancreatic cancer and he kind of wanted my blessing or my, my forgiveness because he voted for Nixon for a second term. And I said, well, dad, you know, I know you didn't know. And he said, all that stuff that he said about the media was just making up stuff to pin on him. And he said, and I believed him. And I said, well, you, you weren't the first person and you won't be the last. You know, there's a lot of Trump voters like that. But, but imagine after all those years, this was still on his conscience. Mm. You know, and, I, and when I tell people this story, I say to them, don't be like my dad. Don't, don't carry that around with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, do the right thing. 
you really can't bring yourself to vote for a Democrat, then don't vote. But, th but this guy's just, I, I do want to talk about Mike Pence's fly though. Th this fly, not the <laughs> other one. And because as soon as I saw that fly land on his head, I'm like, I saw the Amityville horror. I know what this means. It's evil. It's a sign of evil. Forgot that. Okay. I forgot Amityville. Yeah, yeah, when 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 the priest goes into the room and it fills up with flies, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a sign. Well, it's also traditionally a biblical sign of um, evil because it's something that comes around when things are rotten, mm. you know, corrupt. Mm -hmm. And God knows that man, the, the things that he's done for Trump, the things he's covered up for Trump, it's crazy. So I agree. My reaction was that normally when flies attach themselves to another living thing, Susie, when that living thing moves, the flies fly away, that they might come back. Uh -huh. And that's what I thought. So to be sure, I pulled up some old National Geographic videos, mm -hmm. flies land on a line, a giraffe, an elephant. When they move, the flies buzz off, but then they come back. He moved his head and the fly didn't move. Hmm. And the only thing that a fly will attach to and not move, we all know what that is. A pile of something. <laughs> right. I've just never seen. I went, I went on that. Go look at National Geographic, everybody. Look, just watch the documentaries of animals and watch what flies and other insects do. When the other big animal moves, they move. Then they come back. They didn't, the fly didn't move. Well, you know, Mark, maybe, you know, because they've, they've trained dogs to do this, maybe the fly knows when people have COVID. Mm. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he that he has COVID and they're not talking about it. You, right. that, I, 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 I had that. I had that when I had COVID, hmm. you know, which is how I, I know that it's a, a, I wouldn't say a common symptom, but it's common enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as he came out, on on the TV, I'm like, he's got COVID. Look at that eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. If you were the moderator, you would have said that. Hey, you got COVID. Oh, if I were the moderator, now you know that would have been a whole different <laughs> ball game. If I had been, if I had been the moderator, I yeah. swear to God, I wish somebody would put together uh, presidential debates with bloggers, because we're not these kiss asses that these these other people right, are right. i mean susan page was awful just awful and susan could have even increased her stature if he is if she had said something as non-confrontational as this vice president pence you are talking over and filibustering against two women at the same time and just said nothing else you know he wouldn't have listened well, but I, I think the audience would have gotten it for those who were too oh, yeah. who would who took that take that for granted, like he does. Or we're just all the same. No, you disrespect uh, Kamala Harris. You disrespect the debate moderator, and she's a woman. You're just a typical man, sexist man, just talking over these women. And every woman I know got the message. <laughs> You know, I don't think anybody missed that. But, but that's, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
you'll also notice that the journalists have made more of a fuss over the fact that Kamala Harris wouldn't talk about court packing than they would about Pence saying, you know, refusing to commit to a peaceful transfer of power. You know something. But but that that's something that, that's in the immediate future um, wasn't a, a story. This theoretical thing is, is a story. Right. No. Well, I was talking to a millennial, someone on the border between millennial and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And, oh, she didn't answer certain questions. I said, look, again, back to the sports. Um, this is four corners. When you got a lead like this, you just running out the clock. Yeah. There's no point in getting into all of that. And, and as you say, respond to their projection. That's like Dan Rather losing his job because the letter was a fake letter, but the contents of the letter were true. <laughs> you know, you work in the refs. They don't answer the question about court packing. No, we're in the lead. We run it out. We're in the lead. We don't have to. That's right. <laughs> we're running this. We running out this clock. You need All this right. debate. We don't. That's right. Well, I Nancy said Joe should stop debating. Don't you agree? I, I wouldn't do another one. Why would why would he? I don't, I wouldn't do it, but I think I think if he's saying that he would do another one, I think it's because he knows Trump won't. Yeah, well, I hope so. at, least, at least not under any sane circumstances. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. And 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 honestly, I'm sure like you, I was worried about Joe in the first one because you never know what Joe might do. Bless his heart, and he has a challenge when it comes to speaking and I'm not knocking him for that, but that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But I thought Joe did under the circumstances exceptionally well, you know, um, again, for him, if I was writing a line, I'd say, you know, people who are insecure about their position have to over talk others. They can't let the other person talk. Oh yeah. Well, but that's typical of what you see of Trump administration spokespeople on news shows. Yeah, they just start blah 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 blah, and they just keep going. They don't really talk anything. And there's, if there's anything I wish that typical voters would learn and remember, because really, the serious part of of this election is going to be in two years with the midterms. Mm. And I want people to understand that that this has been, yeah, as you know, this has been a pattern where. The Republicans come in and destroy the economy. And then the Democrats get elected to come in and clean it up. But it's always a little more complicated and uncomfortable than people would like. So then they have to get rid of those Democrats for making them do something they didn't want to do. And then they hand it back to the Republicans. And then the whole cycle begins. You know, then you have... um, a House or a Senate majority where they're going to obstruct everything the Democratic president tries to do and the other half of Congress tries to do. And it's a mistake. It's like I always tell people it's like a marriage. Like you don't you don't get engaged and move it and get married and move in and then just leave every time you have a fight. You know, 
that one of the reasons why politicians get dependent on lobbyists and people like that is because number one, they're not calling up and screaming at them. Right. And number two, they're giving them money without them having to be perfect. So if anything, I, I wish that more Democrats would understand that it's the same principle that applies to a successful marriage, which is you have to learn to take the bad with the good. Yeah. You yeah. speak up when you have a problem, you let them know that there's a problem, but you have to stay faithful. You have to stay loyal. And, and the other thing that I've learned in almost 20 years of blogging is that whenever anybody tells you anything really scary and horrible and awful about Democrats, well, they did this and they did that. And, you know, and usually when people do that, I act in good faith and I try, I track everything down and I look for the original source and the context. And I find out that it's almost never true, that it's so rarely true that I don't even bother checking them out anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that you have to have faith that the Democrats are not like Republicans. They're not, they're not out there doing all kinds of nefarious stuff. And that if they are doing something that sounds off to you, there is generally a good reason. Like the way people second guess Nancy Pelosi all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I don't always agree with Nancy Pelosi, but I believe that in the broad scheme of things, she knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. And that if she's not getting something done, that there's a good reason, like, you know, with the stimulus package. Like my son was complaining to me, oh, well, you know, she said that she wasn't going to approve it. They put something up. And I said, yeah, because there was more money in it, but there were no controls on it. It it was basically Trump suggesting a giant slush fund for himself to give out to people before the election. You wouldn't have gotten any of that money. (laughs) And and it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, but, but this is what I'm saying, you know, because a lot of the Democrats now are new to the game. They're people who really just got involved after Trump got elected because they started seeing the country falling apart. Um, and they have to understand that this is part of politics is that they're not always going to agree. The politicians have different constituencies that they have to support. Um, although I will say that if Biden wins with as big a number as I suspect he's going to win, that he's going to have such a huge mandate that he'll be able to get a lot of things done. This is this is my hope. Um, I would add to that um, what you said. That I would just amplify when I talk to a lot of young people, and I'll start arguing with some young people because we're so close, and I can't. I don't have the energy to argue anymore. My vote doesn't make a difference. I think we have to reeducate people as to voting and then following up. Like you said, staying involved, just doing something one day every two years may not make the difference that we needed to. Well, um, here, here's a good ex- a good example of why your vote does make a difference. That all those people given five dollars to Act Blue since Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, it's almost a billion dollars now. You know, so. Yeah, one $5 donation didn't make a big difference, but a whole hell of a lot of $5 donations made a big difference. You know, it just is, it doesn't seem like much to you, but it it makes a difference. And this is how politics works and you can't you can't expect instant gratification. Sometimes you get it, you know, which is nice. I still remember 2006 being so excited when the 
you know, when uh, we took the House and Nancy Pelosi became the first woman speaker, you know, and every single pundit out there had said it couldn't be done. Oh, there's no way the Democrats are going to take the House this year. And I kept saying, I just have a feeling. I really think this is going to happen. And it did happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a feeling that this year, I think we are going to take control of the Senate. I think we are. Um, I think in a year like this, when you have a giant wave, there's always some surprises. Always, there's always some seats right. that you take that you couldn't you you couldn't possibly have predicted. So I'm hoping that it's somebody like Doug Jones. You know, and um, what's the name of the senator from Michigan? Gary Peters. Gary Peters. I'm hoping Gary Peters. Um, I'm guessing not in Louisiana. Well, they have like some kind of weird runoff system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bell Edwards is, I think, 25 points ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that that's kind of a long shot. But but there's a, there's always going to be some surprises in a year like this. Um, let me go back to Pennsylvania real quick. Okay. Mail-in ballot situation in your mm-hmm. state. Messy or what? Is that going to be okay? Well, I just got my, I got my ballot last week. And when I went to fill it out and mail it this weekend, it was um, missing one of the envelopes. Mm. So I had to call and request another one. But it's apparently pretty common because on the website, it had a little drop-down box for it. You know, so it must it must happen. They just get sloppy filling the envelopes. Mm. Um, most people that I know, the younger people that I know, plan to vote in person, and everybody else is just taking it to a ballot box because everybody's scared off from using the mail. Mm. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. A, a lot of people just don't trust the mail. Yeah, yeah. they're going to take it to a ballot box. And you saw what just happened in California, right? Yeah, the fake fake ballot boxes. Yeah. So, you know, just tell people out there, just (laughs) double check it. it, Go to your your county board of elections or whatever and look it up online and they will tell you where there are drop off boxes. And if if there are boxes somewhere that aren't on your local list, then don't leave your ballots there. Mm -hmm. My white sisters, you all are key to this. Our 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 white sisters gonna do what's necessary, unlike what happened in 2016 in terms of oh, white about, about not voting for Hillary? Yeah. Oh, I, I think everybody's been pretty much beaten up over that. Um, yeah. Anybody who, let me put it this way, anybody who doesn't intend to do the right thing is keeping their mouth shut <laughs> <laughs> because there's just too many people who would just, you know, pound the snot out of you for not doing it okay now i don't i don't i don't i don't see any problem in fact there's a one facebook group that i follow it's uh i think it's pennsylvania women for biden harris and these are mostly women from rural parts of the state Mm. you know and they're like really jazzed up because they're seeing signs everywhere and people calling them and asking for signs I think that, and I also am hearing stories about um, a lot of people who weren't even registered to vote who are voting now for Biden. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm feeling good about it. 
I mean, I, I felt good about it in 2016, so let's not kid ourselves. But I, I do feel good about it this year. I'm always a little, a little edgy about this stuff because I remember in 2004, there was like a massive turnout at my local polling place. And I thought, oh, great. All these people are turning out to vote out George Bush. Well, we know how that worked out. Mm. So, but th this year is different. I mean, the polls are pretty solidly behind Biden. You know, um, it was it was close between between John Kerry and Bush. You know, close enough to steal, which is still to this day what I believe happened in Ohio. Of course. Yeah. Um, and Republicans just <laughs> like to steal things. They like things better when they steal them. Yeah. Yeah. Hence, crooks and liars, right? Is that who the, is, is that who the site is named after? Republicans? Oh yeah, that's what I thought. It, yeah, it, crooks it's and liars. actually named after uh, Richard Nixon. Of course, right. <laughs> that that's the little the little man the little, the little man. Right. He's, he's I'm not a crook. Nixon. Speaking of John Kerry, there was some banquet he was at, and there was a hot mic, and he called them crooks and liars. Do you remember that? It was during the 2004 campaign. He said, all a bunch of crooks and liars. You don't remember that? No, no, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, he was at a banquet and he's uh, said it out loud and somebody caught him on the mic. And I was like, yeah, that's real. No, we know they stole it. They, are, they Yeah, of course they did. And, you know, I, I am worried about Florida because DeSantis would would rob the coins off a dead person's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but this is the thing. This is why turnout is so important this year, because when you have a large enough turnout, it's really hard to steal. It really is. Mm -hmm. It makes a big difference because when you have a, a big turnout and it's in line with the polling, anything, you know, that's off, that's an anomaly is going to show up. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the whole thing. I'm, you know, I'm hopeful but, that, that Biden's going to take most states. I hope so, too. Folks, a lot more work to do. Spread the word. Vote early. Drop your ballot off in a safe place. If you have to mail it, mail it and pray. Uh, be sure it's got all the envelopes and all the little things it's supposed to have. So that's very, very. You got to have the secrecy envelope. The secrecy envelope. Right. The envelope and then the declaration envelope. Yeah. Yeah. She is the wonderful Susie Madrick, susiemadrick.com, crooksandliars.com. It's been too long. Um, if we don't talk before the election, maybe we will. But if not, hopefully we will have some something to celebrate on November 3rd. Your lips to God's ears, Mark. <laughs> love you, Susie. I love you too, Mark. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you. Bye. Folks also want to remind you that this week marks 25 years since the historic Million Man March in 1995. Join us Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday evening across all your social media, Million Man March 25, or go to millionmanmarch25.com for some great virtual panel discussions we'll be having Wednesday night, October 14th, We'll be talking about how the march uh, began, the origins of the march, and why we marched. Thursday night, October 15th, we'll be 
talking about how we organized the march. And then on Friday night, October 16th, we'll be talking about living the pledge of the Million Man March. More information is at millionmanmarch25.com. Please join us and long live the spirit of the Million Man March. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.